Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. It's mentally yours. Hello and welcome to Mentally Yours, Metro.co.uk's weekly podcast about all things mental health. I'm Ellen. And I'm Yvette. And today we're chatting to Paul Bates. He's our first ever guest from our Mentally Yours Facebook group. He's currently a delivery driver and looking for full-time work. We're going to be chatting about depression, unemployment, and all things to do with guitar playing. Welcome to Mentally Yours. Thanks very much for coming on. Our first person to come on from the Facebook group, which is brilliant. Could you tell us a bit about yourself, first of all, um, and um, what you do and where you're from, that kind of stuff? Yeah, I'm from Manchester. I'm 41 years of age now. My official job title is Delivery Courier for Deliveroo, who I've done work for for about two to three years. Um, I put my bike away for the winter, so I've not been doing it recently for various reasons. I kind of, uh, I can go into, but um, I focused on trying to find something less dangerous than, than delivering. And so I've been applying for jobs in kind of, Laboratory, the laboratory sector recently. Uh, I did a life sciences degree back in the day, so I've kind of gone back to trying to find a, a science job mm. because I couldn't get one in the past. So I've kind of before what, the pandemic, what yeah. was your kind of routine like as a delivery driver? Like, is it set hours or is it kind of sporadic? No, yeah. So that, that's one of the good things about it. It's completely it's completely flexible so you mm. just kind of loiter in a, a delivery zone and you have an app and you use mobile data so you just kind of you wait for a ping which is it's good which is fun when it when you first do it <laughs> and the novelty wears off when you're kind of waiting yes. outside in the cold waiting for waiting for it to ping 
so you get a delivery. So yeah, it's completely flexible. So doing that, I would just do money, pick up money here and there. So I couldn't live off it. So that's one of my mm. reasons for trying to find full time work. I couldn't live off pocket money, really. Mm. I think it's really interesting that you were sort of keen to carry on doing that though through the pandemic. Um, when we sort of spoke before this recording. Um, I sort of mentioned that I think I'd be too scared to do that personally because I got really anxious myself around it. Um, how did you find it during sort of the, the lockdowns and stuff? Like, how was it in terms of your mental health for that? Yeah, it was it was a benefit really because I was so much. I, um, I've moved now. I'm back with my parents. I lived with I lived with six of us in a kind of house share, so it splits off into ensuite rooms. So we'd live in the same building, but but the only time I'd see. Other people was when we had some kind of disagreement. So I was in, in in my own head and this pandemic was unfolding. So I was going stir crazy. So I had that. That was my, my job, if you like, my go-to job. So I picked it up again just to kind of feel like I could do something useful and have a, a goal outside of trying not to go mad. Yeah. And sort of a good way to get out of the house. Like, did you exactly, feel that yeah. with, with with some of the people that you sort of were delivering to? Because um, that must have been a real help for them, especially like people who are working in emergencies and funny hours. Yeah, there's, there's a little bit of that. Sometimes I did feel like I was t- taking KFC to people mm. who probably were already eating loads of junk food. But sometimes, yeah, they changed they changed it so that uh, the co-op, you know, just normal shops you could get deliveries from there. So I was taking people shopping. So there was an element of job satisfaction. I'd probably be taking groceries for people who work worked on shifts. So that was good, you know, feeling like I could do a bit of something. I actually applied for, uh, do you remember this scheme, the early, early in the pandemic, the voluntary scheme that the government put out to help people with delivering? Oh, yeah. Uh, for people who couldn't go out of the house. So that would have been perfect, but I didn't never heard back from it. It did feel like it might be a pub, uh, publicity stunt or something, but it was perfectly kind of uh, set up to go and do that. So I'd take people's prescriptions for them instead, but nothing materialised. So I end up delivering KFC and bottles of wine and milk and stuff. Because I know you said one of the benefits yeah. of that kind of role is that it's so flexible. Yeah. So I'll pick it ever- up again soon. Sorry. No worries. But did you ever find it kind of like difficult not having that established routine or do you thrive under that? Because for me personally, I know that if I don't have a regular kind of, well, I was going to say nine to five, I work six till three. If I don't have that regular thing, I can go a little bit off the rails. Yeah. Did you find it actually beneficial or was there ever a point when the kind of instability of that was troubling you? Yeah, it was always there, really. I mean, like, yeah, that's the only advantage to it. The downsides to it, the danger of it, mm. the danger of it, and I could I'd only end up actually working, getting four pounds an hour because I'd only you get paid by the delivery, so I'd only get one delivery done in an hour, mm. uh, and that's why I've gone back to that's uh, gone back to looking for a regular nine to five now for that, like you say, to put you back on the rails, you know, to have that structure. <laughs> somewhere you have to be at a certain time to, uh, you know, to keep you for your mental health, but it's proving challenging. You know, that the reason I ended up doing Deliveroo is because I couldn't find regular work. So mm. I have to do it for a bit to remind me how perilous and underpaid it is. 
to make me go back to the kind of the grind of, of job hunting because I've not had success with that since I came out of university. Um, can you tell us a bit about um, the mental health side of stuff now, if that's all right? Um, when did you first start experiencing um, anxiety and depression? Probably at the very first age, probably about as far back as 10, very briefly, kind of feeling feeling low. Uh, I had problems with my health when I was younger. I had lots of mouth ulcers and didn't like going to school a lot of the time. It's kind of big, scary place and... Yeah, so maybe that was the very earliest. And then probably into my like, teens, um, probably the same again, episodes of feeling low, but I was able to just carry on with things. It never kind of became uh, a problem. It didn't interfere with my life. It was just an unpleasant thing that I kind of experienced and never engaged with, if you see what I mean. And then after I finished university, after I came out of education, uh, and I thought that I would have been set for life doing a quite difficult and boring degree, uh, applied for jobs, and then I just was told that I didn't have enough laboratory experience, but I'd just come out of university, so I didn't have experience, paid experience. So I just ended, ended up spiraling, spiraling down. Uh, you know, my health problems were still there. I had a bereavement, and, yeah, it just got to the point where I ended up going to the doctors and going down the hole, the whole path of antidepressants and the good, the bad, the ugly and therapy and trying pretty much anything and everything to, to see what helps. Did any of it help at that time? Uh, yeah, I mean, finding a finding medication that helps a bit, which I take now, like things like metazapine, mm. take for just to sleep because, like I was saying to Yvette yesterday, if I try not taking anything, my brain just carries on thinking it's, thinking and emoting until about four o'clock and then I've become nocturnal so yeah the, the medication helped a bit but they didn't kind of I've never I've never had like remission where I feel like I'm fixed I'm okay now so mm. uh, I've got out of that mindset for looking at, at the the one thing that's going to help me because I think need, we need a package of things don't we to look after our mental health the right exercise the right diet and that's why I'm you know, I, I'm struggling now. That's why I had to start taking medication again because all the, a lot of the coping mechanisms or things that I enjoyed have just been stripped away, obviously, by the the, the lockdowns. Uh, so like a lot of people, inevitably, mental health suffers. Yeah. What uh, were some of your uh, coping mechanisms before this that you're not able to do anymore? Uh, sports. Well, the gym was one. I don't like the gym. I begrudgingly do it, but I've always done a lot of sports. I've done pretty much everything apart from water polo and skydiving, I think. So being out and active, going to the, all those little things that keep you saying, going to the pub with friends, uh, cinema trips, all, all the things we took for granted, really. Uh, mm. Yeah, yeah, it's hard, sports, isn't it? Sp- activities are definitely a big one. Um, so now just uh, I, I hike a lot. I do like six miles a day up the same track. So my life has turned into like Groundhog Day, but I just kind of grin and bear it like a lot of people. Yeah, it does feel like, I mean, a lot of us have just kind of lost a lot of fun and like they seem like small things if you sort of say them additionally, but like we're just saying about going to the, the cinema and things and seeing friends, but I think it all adds up. Yeah. The sort yeah, of sure. things that do help kind of get you through normally. Um, have you 
how have you found um, the health services sort of over the pandemic in terms of like supporting you with your mental health? Um, I don't, it's kind of non-existent really. I mean, I've seen, I had to go for an appointment for a, a blood test, I think, uh, because I'm taking medication. So that was, I think was back in May. So we were kind of had to wait outside and knock on a door and have a be let in to the GP. And that was the last appointment I had. I had a few, had a few um, telephone appointments with my GP, who was very helpful. Uh, but I think she might have been overwhelmed by it because she was kind of telling me her, her life problems. It was like we're using each other, other using each other as kind of makeshift therapists. So I didn't kind of, I've not really pushed for anything. I've just kind of resigned myself to the fact that as long as I can sleep at night and I can function, you know, for now, that's kind of my accepting my, my fate kind of thing. Did you find it difficult at any point to get hold of the medication? Just because I know at the beginning of the pandemic, I ran out and then yes. just could not get an appointment for weeks. In a word, yes. I switched to yeah. uh, Pharmacy to You. Have you heard of Pharmacy to You? I was getting yeah, yeah. delivered out of convenience and then I ran into a situation where it just didn't turn up. So I'd run out of medication. So then I just mm-hmm. go go and get try and get Nitol from the, the supermarket or something. But yeah, I did run out and then the the hassle of queuing up in boots i got sick of that so i've gone back onto pharmacy to you so i get them delivered now uh but yeah it was stressful it's a stressor isn't it when mm, it's uh, so stressful yeah and you just realize like oh i really do need this thing <laughs> like it is genuinely yeah. making a difference yeah yeah definitely i had a similar thing as well at the start of lockdown where i didn't realize that i sort of really relied so much on my mood stabilizers until i sort of almost couldn't get them and then I was just absolutely terrified um because for me if I don't have them they trigger a main they can trigger a manic episode so it was yeah it was horrible really the sort of situation that the lots of us were put in I think um, yeah it's an extra an extra an extra stressor on top it was just when it when the pandemic unfolded it was just oh no no not this <laughs> like everything was life was hard enough for, before wasn't it so I've tried to have shifted my my expectations of life. I think, yeah, for now, with with the hope of things improving with a vaccine, which I was confident that, that there would be a vaccine, knowing what I know and that it would help. So, it's a little bit of hope to to cling to. Mm. Have there any? Have there been any other things that you found sort of helpful? Like, have you managed to have like video calls with friends or family or? Are there any sort of regular things that kind of help you get through day to day? Yeah, for sure. The Zoom quizzes with friends, you know, I've, uh, we, had a, we had a good laugh. We had a lot of problems with the technology. It, at one point I ended up with just me on the audio like this with everybody else on camera because they, they was, we were overwhelming the system. So we, <laughs> we had to keep shipping things out, turning off people's cameras. So it was a battle just to keep connected. But uh, yeah, I've been friends with the same kind of sense of humour. You know, humour is... Uh, I lost my sense of humour for a while in the lockdown, but it's that's been an important thing. And uh, hosting Zoom quizzes, so I've kind of picked that up again. I'm hosting a couple next week, which gives me a little thing to do. It's not as good as having the structure of a, a routine, so I have to kind of... You have to motivate yourself to, to do it, but I'm, I don't regret doing them when, when I do do them. I got into a regular thing as well with doing quizzes for my parents. And um, 
I got a bit sick of it after a while, but it was, I think it was good for me. I think it was good for all of us to start with, to sort of have that as a, a social thing to to look forward to really. And also a regular thing for me to be doing rather than just watching hours and hours and hours of Netflix. Yeah, that's what I did at first, doom scrolling a lot of that when, when it was kind of unfolding and it was uncertain about what was going to happen. And then I realised it wasn't doing me any good. So, uh, mm. uh, yeah, music as well was a big one. There's a label called Ninja Tune that posted this kind of ongoing, this 24-hour playlist of uh, ambient music, no adverts, and that was like a comfort blanket for me during the, the first lockdown. I listened to that on repeat quite a bit. Uh and it was just what I've, it just kind of seemed to to suit perfectly and help me get mm. through it, you know. And you play music as well yourself, don't you? Yeah, playing guitar. I mean, yeah, I play guitar. I'm, look, I'm trying to build a business as well at the moment, kind of giving guitar lessons, uh, but I've not managed to build much yet. But yeah, I play guitar kind of for twenty years, and because of it's a habit, I'm kind of I don't notice the benefit until I go on holiday or something, and I'm kind of feel a bit itchy you know just to mm. just to pick up and have a play around with every day it's kind of part of my life so but it is it's definitely therapeutic and I definitely encourage people to to play instruments if they can uh, I think any kind of creative thing at the moment is like so powerful I didn't yeah. realize how powerful it is until we were in lockdown yeah um yeah I did actually when the lockdown started I actually got some uh, I bought some music recording equipment, and I thought mm. be, I thought I was going to record an album, which I've planned for so many years, and I've actually got nothing done. Uh, and I kind of felt annoyed myself at first. And then I read an interview with someone called Anna Meredith, whose music I was listening to like this year. She was on uh, the Mu- uh, Mercury Music Prize list, and I read an interview where, and her friend said to her, "Oh, you must. This must be great for you. It must be perfect being kind of holed up with you." your equipment she said I've done nothing it's because of what's happening outside when the kind of world was collapsing she didn't feel like creating anything Mm -hmm. so I've kind of I've I've not done much in that regard I end up trying to end up writing two episodes of a sitcom instead which is kind of an achievement so you're saying writing sitcom yeah yeah right that's definitely achievement that's really great yeah um it was it was slightly less painful than (laughs) than trying to (laughs) use music recording software uh, which is it's kind of painstaking and solitary, so it's not really, it's not ideal. But yeah, yeah, we wrote two episodes of a, a sitcom and then tried and entered a entered something called Rockcliffe Writing Competition for the BAFTAs mm. and naively thought I would get somewhere and got swiftly rejected. And then you should I'm, still do something with it though. Yeah, That's really I'm, cool. I'm trying and, to. Yeah, it's yeah. it's not it's not a I'm not left it behind completely. And then E four E four it was the same story, but I kind of know what E4 are looking for, so I'm not going to pursue that. But there's something else, another competition I can enter that's coming up. So, oh, No, that's extremely accomplished. <laughs> I was about to say, like, oh, I really relate to just having done nothing. And then yeah, you have the, actually done, like, some major things. I did plenty of nothing and kind of thrashed that out over, I think, like an episode a month. I did, I did two mm. in a row. And because it's auto, it, it was autobiographical, so it's quite painful to. It's very close to home, mm. so I just I'll, I'll do the other two at some point, I guess. But uh, nothing's being made anyway at the moment. I think is it apart from no. Emmerdale Farm, Coronation Street, Emmerdale, socially distant soap operas. Yes, 
which is interesting itself. I don't watch soaps, but one of our colleagues is very big into soaps and will sometimes explain to me what's happening and like how they're filming it. And it's fascinating. It's clever. It's, it's very impressive. clever. I don't notice yeah. it. And I think the, the episodes of the show nowadays, when I see bits of them, I think those are presumably made in lockdown, aren't they? The, the ones that they show now. Yeah, I, I think they've caught up now. So they're yeah. actually like showing, dealing with it. But yeah. I think mm. um, one thing you were saying about um, letting yourself be okay with doing nothing mm. is really important. Because I remember also at the beginning of lockdown, I know a lot of people were like, oh, I'm writing a lockdown novel or like yes, I've done yeah, all yeah. these really awesome things so i think it's very powerful to go no like it's there's a pandemic happening it's not good for us it's yeah, okay the, to not be in a productive creative space there was a lot of competitive lockdowning early on like mm. sourdough which i thought was presumed was easy and then it turns out it's really difficult and i think people yes. were curating weren't they they wanted to kind of understandably they want to present a uh present the idea that they're doing really brilliantly you know they're doing really well and they dancing in the kitchen but i reckon they're probably crying in the bath as well later on and not putting that on the internet you know so yeah absolutely and all the people as well that seem to be redecorating their houses and i sort of kept coming across articles about just tidy out this and you know redecorate Mm -hmm. that and like yeah people in instagram doing stuff like that and i just think no i haven't managed to do any of that it's just it's it's ridiculous really because of, of all the times that i could have cleared out some of the cupboards in my house no still still have not done them but yeah definitely competitive this lockdown though I don't know about you guys but I've noticed that's kind of ground to a halt now now everyone's kind of saying like no we're all finding this really hard yeah Mm. yeah mostly I think there's still yeah do you still still have some smug people well it's not sort of like people it's more kind of certain publications still bringing out sort of you know, mm. oh, well, you've you've already redecorated your house, so this is what you can do next. And I'm thinking, like, well, first of all, I haven't redecorated my house. <laughs> and, um, you know, that sort of thing. Um, but, yeah, I think you're right. I think people have calmed down a bit, sort of, generally. Um, mm. It's such a relief, isn't it, with the, the vaccine, though, and there being light at the end of the tunnel. I was wondering what your thoughts were, Paul, just generally on, like, how the government have, have dealt with all this and, like, the support you've had um in terms of mental health stuff but also in terms of looking for work and things like do you feel there's been support or what do you think no, needs to I be done if you haven't i think it's been a disaster i voted i vote labor or the green party so i've never been a fan of the tories at all i think yeah it was just what what annoyed me was that they had no plan whatsoever not a, not so much as a, a ring a ring binder in a drawer as i put it for a situation like this when it was you know, we had all we have all all the knowledge base to know that something like this could have happened, and they had no preparation for it whatsoever. The only the only good thing I think they did was when Boris came on TV and, and gave everybody a bollocking to use a swear word because he was so assertive. He said, "Look, you know, I must give you an instruction: do not go out mm. unless necessary." That was the only decisive thing that they've really done. I mean, they've managed to not cock, cock up the vaccination program, so that's good. <laughs> but yeah. yeah. Um, no, <laughs> in a way, no. I also wondered if you had maybe some advice to people who'd 
sort of struggled with mental health issues um, and were looking for work because I think a lot of people at the moment now are in that sort of situation where they've um, they've either been put on furlough or they've been furloughed and they know that probably they're not going to come back to a job and things. Yeah. Um, and that in itself is scary for anyone, whether you've, you know, had a history of mental illness or not, but especially if mm-hmm. you're sort of also dealing with depression and stuff. Um, what sort of advice would you give them? Gosh. Um, volunteering, really, even though a kind of volunteering has its drawbacks, you know, something that can keep you busy and give you references. I mean, I've all... I do a bit of volunteering for Salford City Radio and things like that. But um, in terms of mental health, because that's so difficult, peer support, which I didn't mention, um, I'm involved with a group called Talk About It Mate in Manchester, um, which I kind of I was I was involved with in lockdown, and then it kind of got the better of me. And I kind of isolated myself, and then once I've reconnected with them now, I realise what you know the benefits of staying connected with people who are experiencing the same thing. So people you, you can be honest with, that's kind of as much as or or more than, it, or even more important than any kind of medication, really. Mm. So that's talk about it, mate. Is that yes, uh, like Zoom calls or phone calls? How does that work? Um, so they do lots of things. It used to be 3D, like back in 3D world, we used to have like social events and uh, support groups, but Mike, who runs it, uh, they've had uh, they do lots of Zoom support groups, uh, and I'm part of the WhatsApp group, so which is a lot of people are on that. So I've, I'm kind of active on that, and that's helpful for me at the moment. I mean, I think one thing at the moment is we have, it is the one sort of upside about the pandemic happened now is we do have all this technology. So as a you know, it can get annoying sometimes, but I think like the WhatsApp, some of the WhatsApp groups I'm in have been really helpful and supportive. And um, even when I've sort of got a bit annoyed with the fact that I'm having to chat with my friends via mm. a computer all the time or a phone, it, it really is better than nothing, isn't it? I think to keep checking in with people. Yeah, I realised that the hard way because I, I got sick of it and I, I mentally probably went downhill just being so isolated as I was. Uh, yeah, I was, I was just getting... In the middle of it, I was just getting lots of corona memes and I just didn't want to hear about it. But the reality was we're, we're in this pandemic, so we just kind of need to kind of feel like we're going through it together so you mm. don't feel like you're battling it alone. Yeah, I think isolation is so like such an easy trap to fall into right yeah. now. So, yeah, mm. staying connected, absolutely essential. Yeah. So this is goodbye. If you've been affected by any of the issues we've been chatting about today, please give the Samaritans a ring on 116123 or you can email them at joe@samaritans.org. You can also go to their website, which is samaritans.org. If you've liked this, please give us a rate and review. We're also on social media on Twitter at MentallyYRS and we're also on Facebook. The group is private, but it's just called Mentally Yours. See you next time.
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.